here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. To Wrestling Omakase. This is your host John here, and we are joined this week for our fourth episode by two new guests, Brennan Patrick from Voices of Wrestling's Burning Spirits podcast, our second straight week having a Burning Spirits co-host on, and Jesse from twitter.com slash Discord, I guess. And you were saying before that you know they can look for you on Twitter at Koji, but a lot they of people have you ever have me blocked or muted. One of the zoo. <laughs> so it's going to be very difficult. Now, this is actually Jesse's podcast debut, which I'm taking as a huge personal honor. So thank you for coming on. Yeah, I people have asked me before, and I've been reluctant to do it, but it's Big Japan's biggest show of the year, so I couldn't resist. So that is our main topic today, um, in case you're just randomly clicking on podcasts without reading the subject line. This is Big Japan Pro Wrestling Ryo Go- Goku Tan 2017. That show just took place on Monday, uh, July 17th. W- was that like a holiday in Japan? Because it seemed like there were a million shows that day. Yes. I, I don't remember the name of the holiday. Maybe Marines Day or uh, something like, like that. It was like something about water, right? Yeah. Yeah, something to do with that. But it was a national holiday in Japan. Pretty much every promotion was running something. Yeah, I mean, you had the New Japan, the G1 opener. All Japan had a pretty big hurricane. 
Um, there, all, all the other promotions had like smaller shows, so it was very interesting. Uh, the, the, it was cool being up at two a.m. and seeing like who chose the G One opener live and who chose Ryo Gokutan live. It was like a probably on my time on like an eighty twenty split G One, but that's okay. We were the we were the twenty percent rebel rebels, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I watched. I so I watched about the first hour and fifteen minutes live before I had to tap out and uh, go to bed because I'd work. I think you watched the entire thing live, Jesse, right? Yes, I I was tapping out kind of near the end too, but I, I struggled through and I watched the whole thing. And then Brennan, you saw the entire thing on on after the fact. Yeah, once it was available, I went back and watched it. Did you were you able to avoid spoilers though? At least I did, yeah. So that was good. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, that's always the big struggle is like <laughs> trying to avoid spoilers for that one day. Yeah, just but try I, to stay off Twitter the entire time until I've watched it. My my problem basically is like I I will instinctively open the Twitter app. Like I was on a cruise a couple weeks ago, had no service, I didn't purchase their shitty internet package, and I would just look at my phone and open Twitter. And like a couple times every day, and even though I had no service, no signal, I knew I had no signal. I knew I was just looking at their timeline from three days ago, but it becomes like impulse, and that's and that's cost me before where I accidentally opened it and like immediately had a spoiler like right in my face. Right. So, but I did manage to avoid spoilers for the rest of the show. Was, I was happy. Nice. Um, so this be for people who don't know the background. Big Japan View Gokutan. This is their biggest show of the year at Sumo Hall. Um, Jesse, I figured you'd be the one to talk about this. How did this one do compared to the previous two as far as attendance goes? Um, it did 3,174 fans or 79 fans. It was about 100 less than last year, which actually isn't too bad because a lot of the talk before the show even started on Twitter was, this card is terrible. It's awful. <laughs> I don't like it. It's boring. So I think perhaps showing that it only did 100 less maybe might change some people's minds about the card because it was up against a lot of competition that day. That's true. That's very true. The competition thing I think is important to know. You know, in Tokyo alone you have the All Japan Kurikan which, you know, there's probably a lot of crossover there with how often Big Japan guys have showed up in All Japan. Yeah, I will say about that though that the All Japan show was earlier in the day. So oh, okay. you okay. could have gone to the All Japan show and you would have missed a couple of the matches in the opener. I'm not quite sure the distance between. It's very the shows. close. It's very so, close. Yeah, I did. I did Kirk into Sumo. It's only about ten minutes by train. So oh, well, then very, you probably didn't miss anything. Yeah, it's very close together. I mean, that's what I'm counting on for my trip in a couple of weeks because we're gonna go right from Stardom to Sumo Hall and try not to miss anything. So, um, but yeah, it's a, it's a very close trip. So yeah, that's great. That's a good point. Then if they if the two shows were um, spaced apart, you could go to both. I assume that's how Shuji Ishikawa got there, now they think about it, because <laughs> <laughs> he was doing commentary. Um, so the, the, the card, yeah, the card doing, doing pretty well compared to last year, you know, especially when you have youth on top, you know, two very young guys in the Deathmatch division uh, main eventing, you have another young guy challenging for the strong title, um, and then you have the, the, the six-man tag who's focused on a, a couple of young guys, so like... Really, the only match we had the old pillars was the the tag title match, and that probably helped with the with um, carrying it as a draw. Just having those four in the ring, it felt pretty special watching it. Yeah, and I I think that they really didn't have a big outsider this year, unless you're a huge Kendo Passion fan. <laughs> um, which fair, fair. 
it was pretty much the standard bearer guys in the company. And, you know, they did add more people to the company. You had Nakanone and Hama join, and then they had an announcement at the end of the show, which I'm sure we're going to talk about. Yeah. And so the outsider roster seems to be getting smaller and smaller while their roster within the company is getting bigger. And so yeah. they have to rely more on what they have and not what they can bring in. So is what what do you think it says about Big Japan from a financial standpoint that they're able to sign guys, sign more guys now? Are they they're in a healthier healthier place than they've been? Yeah, I would say so. There was a time a couple years ago when they were losing people. They had lost some really great young guys that really didn't quite make their debuts for I think the more casual fans to know about, and they left because they couldn't afford to be wrestlers with the company. And so now seeing them bring in all these guys, and especially two people that were in Wrestle 1, I think that says a lot about the company right now. Yeah. So that's the background on the event. Um, I guess we can get into the actual matches here. The opener, there were 10 matches on the show, which, um, actually, no, there were 11. Jesus. Which, no, there were 10. I had it right the first time. Um, which, you know, it's pretty typical, I feel like, for, for a big Japan a Ryukokutan card. I mean, if you're not if you're not expecting a five hour card going in, then I don't know what to tell you. It's pretty it's pretty common. Um, the opener was Ryuchi Sekane and Tatsuhiko Yoshino beating Koda Sekifuda and Yuya Aoki. Won about seven and a half minutes. Um, I, I don't really have a ton of strong thoughts on this match, except um, Ryuchi was kind of funny in there as like. You have three young guys, and you have Ryuchi with, like, basically looks like he's their grumpy, like, shitty jeans-wearing dad. You know, just kind of like... He's very out of place, but I don't... In a, in a kind of a cool way. And I thought Yoshino stood out as, uh... Stood out in this match. What'd you guys think? Oh. Either uh, one. Yoshino <laughs> is amazing. Whether he does more serious wrestling or comedic wrestling... Uh, he has been such a great addition to the company. And Sekifudo is really, really good. And um, there's been some talk, maybe, that about who's in the, the junior division in the company and who's not. And if you go on the Big Japan website, they have everyone listed out for you. And Sekifudo's in that junior division. And I think he's going to be a really, really great person to watch out for. He's very young, and they really like him. Oh, and I, this, I will say, this was his return match from injury. He had a knee injury. I think he like tore his ACL or something. So this was his first match back. Yeah, his last match before this was yeah, you know, it was all the way back last November. So um, it's definitely been a while for him. Good to see him back. What do you think, Brennan? Yeah, I mean it's definitely uh, good to see him back, and I think he is going to be a good addition to the junior heavyweight division. I mean he's he's looking real tan, looking real cut. He's got a too cool for school haircut. I mean, so he did he's, post on Twitter himself in the tanning bed. Yeah, <laughs> he, he was looking dark. Um, yeah, so it's cool to see him back. So I'm looking forward to see what he does this year. I think we should talk a little bit about uh, about Aoki too. I think he's a lot better than people want to think or maybe acknowledge. It's, I mean, it's hard to stand out when you have the rookie sensation Nomura that you have to kind of compete against. But I think he's really good, and I kind of see him more as a strong, the strong heavyweight division guy look going forward than I do Nomura in a sense. Hmm. 
Yeah, I could see that. I mean, I, I think he's definitely improving a lot. Each time I see him, he's, you know, showing a lot more fire. And I could definitely see him kind of being groomed to maybe move up to the heavyweight division at some point. But, um, yeah, it's cool to see him continuing to kind of step up his game. Now, it's interesting because obviously I think you've you've noticed a lot, Jesse, with people. It's going to take a while for people, I think especially the more casual Big Japan fans to get used to having a heavyweight junior split in the strong division because you obviously still see people talking about like um, Nomura as a strong world title challenger when weight class wise right now he'd be a junior title challenger and you know even the weight classes are really weird quite frankly because Kakuta is listed as a heavyweight and there's no way that guy is actually meeting the weight requirement and even <laughs> Daichi Hashimoto doesn't really meet the weight requirement either if you go and look on his stats on the site so I think it's kind of a wait and see period. I don't think Nomura is ever going to stay a junior forever, though. So I don't yeah. think people should get too worked up about that. He'll probably do what, maybe like a year or two, and then move up, I would guess. But um, okay, so moving on to match two, it was a six-man tag: the Speed of Sounds and Great Kojika against the Brahmins and Kendo Kashin. Went about eight minutes. This match was funny as hell. Like this was a really. A really funny comedy match. Kendo out there doing the Brahmin gimmick was awesome, but then like like um, subtly like turning on them throughout the match, especially towards the end. But yeah, this was a this was a funny funny match. I thought. Yeah, I think if you want a match with selling drama, intrigue, great, just work. Kojika is a flying master. His lucha <laughs> skills are incredible. This match is for you. I think the match of the year, man, I can't say enough about it. It was so good. I mean, the minute Kojika walked out in those SOS pants, I knew we were in for it. Oh, yeah, that Kojika, that, that's true. I totally forgot Kojika had on the, the Speed of Sounds gear. That was, that was amazing. <laughs> what do you think, yeah. Brennan? Yeah, this was pretty funny. I mean, I enjoyed this a lot more than I thought I would. Um, but, yeah, Kojika is, is the third Speed of Sounds. pretty great. And... It was funny because Kendo Kishin was almost like a lackey to the Brahmins. I thought that was really funny because they were getting him and he, he kept getting sprayed in the face with the water. I don't even know if Kashin like... knew what was going on. I <laughs> know, oh, yeah. <laughs> I will say, I did not expect, like, okay, so I'm watching this live. I knew it was going to be Kendo Kashin. It was one of those moments where I did not expect to pop as loud, as like, as much as I did in my own house for Kendo Kashin's music until it hit. And I was like, oh my god, it's Kendo Kashin. And no, really then he wasn't... goes back and he gets the Brahmin <laughs> yeah. thing too. That was perfect. Yes, that was pretty, that was really great. But I mean, I was uh, I saw I saw him as Dragon Soldier B live. That was that was pretty funny. Fucking butthurt Ring of Honor fanboys. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that was a, a a fantastic comedy match. I cannot recommend that one enough. Um, match three, we had. Kazumi Kikuta and Masakatsu Funaki defeating Takuya Nomura and Yoshihashi Uto in 11 minutes. I thought this was really good for what it was. I really was excited to see Funaki and Nomura get in there, and you know they provided us plenty of uh, plenty of great exchanges. Um, I I don't really have uh, like like basically the when Nomura finally got some kicks in on Funaki and like made it very clear he wasn't going to go easy on him at all. That was really good, and um, the, the I remember the final exchange being really, really good, too. So, anybody got anything to say about this? Man, I just don't think Sumo Hall cared about Uto and Kukuta at all. It was all about Funaki and Nomura. 
Yeah. I, I think that's all people really wanted to see out of that match. And they got a lot of it. Yeah, they definitely played to what they were, what the crowd wanted. So that was good. Yeah. I mean, I would say Uto threw some some hard lariats in the corner and stuff on Funaki that was harder than I expected him to go. But but yeah, he was kind of an afterthought. Yeah, I've been watching a lot of like young Funaki, like back in like UWF days, and and he reminds me a lot of Nomura, and so it's kind of cool that they kind of came together like this and had some time to mix it up. Um, you know, especially when Nomura got some revenge later on, but. You know, I think Kakuda's another guy that, you know, he kind of got lost in the shuffle last year, but he's starting to kind of step up a little bit and kind of find his own identity, which is pretty cool. Yeah, but I think Kakuda's main problem is his age. He's, like, already 31. He joined the company when he was, like, 30. So, oh, wow, I didn't realize he was... Yeah, and he actually tried out for New Japan. There's a video hmm. out there, somebody posted, and there was Kakuta and uh, Kumagoro, actually, in Wrestle 1. They're both in the video. And I was like, wait, why are they there? And they, they both didn't make it. So I think oh, that's that goes, maybe that goes to show people that just because people don't make it in New Japan doesn't mean that they can't have a, a flourishing career somewhere else. Yeah, especially considering before New Japan, um, like, was really... Like, in the last couple of years, they've really expanded how many uh, dojo students they've taken. So before, But before that, they were turning away a lot of people, so... It's really kind of stupid to hold it against people if they, you know, were taking two out of 20. So, you know, there's definitely a lot of people that I think have gotten turned away from New Japan that have still gone to have pretty vibrant careers. Um, but yeah, I guess we can move on to the next match, which was the death match between Yankee 2 Kenju, Isami Kodaka, and Yuko Miyamoto, and Takumi Sukamoto and Toshiyuki Sakuda. Um, it was like, what, Giga Table, Mega Hammer something else, right? I don't remember. <laughs> What's the K stand for? I remember Mega Hammer, Giga Table, and there's like K. Was it Killer Ladder? <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. Killer Ladder. There we go. And also Tetsuyori. But, um, but yeah, so that was... They had this very large hammer, first of all. That's the Mega Hammer. They had this very large table, the Giga Table. And towards the end, you know, Miyamoto tried to put his opponent through that table. He came off the top of this of that like little cage thing with a moonsault and just like bounced off the guy and hit the mat. It looked so painful. Yeah, he <laughs> whacked his head. <laughs> Table did not break <laughs> at all. Kodak had to go up there and do his double knees to finally put the dude through the table and then Miyamoto's like, well no, I gotta do my uh, sit out fire thunder Yuko driver thing and <laughs> get the pin. But yeah, this was, uh, this was a spectacle as, as you expect. Um, I think anyone? the table didn't break because it was plastic. Oh, man. So, you, wait, so was it planned for the table to not break? I, who knows with them? <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't shock I, I could be wrong, but, like, the table was white underneath, and it did, uh, and they, like, like, folded in half. It didn't in and of itself. So, I thought it was a plastic table. Yeah, that's pretty sick. Um, but, yeah, these, these kind of matches are, like... These are the fun kind of spot fests, is the way I put it. Like I saw, mm -hmm. oh, I can't, I can't remember who was the kind, who was the person on Twitter, who said I think it was um, Ma Maya, or Maya, I can never pronounce their their name, Maya Facetikio or something. Um, you know what I'm talking about, right? No, okay. Um, but I think she said basically like I don't trust anybody who likes the Young Bucks more than Yankee 2 Kenju. <laughs> and it's like, it's a, gr it's a great tweet because, like, that's... This is, like, the fun kind of spot fest without, like... I don't know. It just doesn't feel so the masturbatory. The fun kind of spot fest where Yuko nearly feels himself. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true, too. 
I guess you could say that about a Young Bucks match too. Yeah, but I enjoyed myself other than you goes near death. It was a, uh, it was something. <laughs> it was, <laughs> I don't know what to say about it. Uh, the yeah, like... video was really great. You had Sakuda with the weed whacker blindfolded, <laughs> weed whacking melons. No, oh, yeah. <laughs> What do you think of this, Brennan? Yeah, I mean, this was, you know, like a highlight. A good, a good highlight reel of kind of the fun-loving side of death matches. So not, not so many, so many gross-out spots, more just kind of flying off things. And Kadaka being him, being his usual self, doing some crazy things. I think he, he took the weed whack in the throat at one point. I thought that looked pretty, pretty nasty. I mean, Kadaka is, is, is a weird dude because he, he has like a weird quality to make like he almost makes death matches likable in a weird way like to the only other guy in the company that really feels like he does that to me sometimes is um hoshino but it's very comparable to me as far as like they they have this personal charisma where you kind of gravitate towards them even while they're doing very gross things to themselves mm-hmm. and their opponent uh, but yeah this was fun um the junior title match was next the finals of the junior heavyweight title league Shinobu picking up what some would consider a upset victory over Kazuki Hashimoto in about 13 and a half minutes. Um, I know all three of you in, the, in that preview picked Hashimoto, but um, I'm not that surprised, come to think of it, that Shinobu kind of avenged his win from the... because Hashimoto had beat Shimo, Shinobu during the league. I think it was actually the final match of the league. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that sets up now, I guess you could do a rubber match for the title. But yeah, I mean, um, Shinobu's a great pick, I think, to be the first um, champion, or the first one since Homicide, anyway. Um, just because he's he's been around so long, he's got a certain, like, cachet with um, indie Japanese fans. I mean, he's just been around all over. You know, I've, obviously, I, I, remember, I remember him very well from his Dragon Gate runs. Um, six, people who actually watch 666 will know him well. And I feel like he's, he's made DDT appearances, too, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess. So, so like he's been all over the place, and I think he's a, as good a guy as any to to kick off the junior title division. What, what the match itself I thought was really good though. I, I liked um, just the limb work a lot, and just how mm-hmm. the junior division in Big Japan is kind of more like a like what's the right, right way to put it? It's more like a um, a smaller version of the heavyweights than just like. Um, you know, nothing but spot fetch, which, which is good because I think the typical everybody's doing the junior spotty style nowadays. I mean, I, I know Jesse, you like to point out that in a lot of ways the New Japan heavyweight style is now the New Japan junior style. So doing that style wouldn't really make them stand out. Whereas the style they're doing now, I think, is a better fit for Big Japan anyway. But I'll stop r- rambling. Somebody else talk about this match. I thought it was a little obvious within the first probably five to ten minutes that Shinobu was going to win just because Kazuki was dominating so much. I think that's it's a general problem. I think with a lot of rep matches, you can kind of tell sometimes when somebody gets so in control of something, you're like, oh, the other guy's going to come back and win. And yeah. I kind of felt that way with this match. I'm not shocked Shinobu won. He's been with the, he hasn't technically been with Big Japan, but he's been around the company for 11 years. So him being the first one to win this new title. Not very shocking at all. Kazuki will be the champion. If for anyone out there like me who loves the guy, don't worry. It'll be fine. 
<laughs> he will get. He will win this belt. They gave him this division. They pretty much really did. He does so much work that people I don't particularly know about in terms of the company. He does a lot of work with that company. So in a way, this whole division was sort of his reward because I don't think he was ever really going to do much in the the regular strong division until they broke them up. And I don't think they're going to go right away to Kazuki again because even before they announced the junior division, Yoshino and Shinobu in those opening tag matches had a feud. And Shinobu beat Yoshino in the tournament, and the only loss in the tournament that Kazuki had was to Yoshino. So I kind of think they'll go with Yoshino first, then go back to Kazuki, because they do have one more major show this year, but it isn't until December. Yeah, Death Vegas. But yeah, they they, they could stall this out to to rematch after December. That makes sense. But, um... What do you think of the match, Brennan? Yeah, this is really good. And kind of going back to what you were saying, I mean, I think it's really cool that they're differentiating, you know, their junior division from all the other junior divisions. I like that it's kind of, you know, a, a more self-contained, like, miniature version of the strong, you know, the strong division. So um, I thought Shinobu was, was really good here. I thought he sold uh, the limb work really well. Yeah, uh, that was really good. And I, I love his, like, zombie pop-ups. Like, he'd get, like, nailed by something from Kazuki, and he'd just, like, pop up, look like a zombie, and then just run and hit the lariat. I thought those were really cool. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he, he's part of the old guard, so it's cool to see him uh, kind of be the first one to hold it, you know, since Homicide. <laughs> Which, I was disappointed in Homicide. They should have flown him over and had him present the new belt. Yeah, and then, then hit him with the belt. didn't miss them. <laughs> I guess he Why, saved what? his miss for the All Japan show. I wanted Jerry <laughs> to miss the guy. That one. <laughs> um, but I, I just thought it was funny at the end, too. Shinobu was, like, so skinny that the belt really couldn't fit on him. When they <laughs> yeah, that was like, great. It was, he had the, the, the referee put it all the way at the end, and, like, it was still, like, sliding down his, like, thin little body. That was, that was something. But, um, but I, I like the belt, by the way. It's very cool looking. Yeah, the same belt company that made the other belts made that one. I yeah. don't remember the name of it. I can tweet it out, and people can go and find the company. It actually didn't get there until like two days before the show it was supposed to be there a week earlier. So <laughs> they they got they cut it close with getting the belt, but it got there, so it's all good. Um, but yeah, that was a that was a fun tag match, a uh, fun junior title match. Up next was a tag match, the Cement Block Tag Team Death Match. Uh, this was something. It was uh, <laughs> B Faultless B Faultless Junkies, uh, Jackie. Uh, yeah, Jackie Numazawa and Masashi Takeda defeating Kankuro Hoshino and Mineral Fujita, of all people, in this thing. That was like, okay. And uh, why Hoshino and Fujita in the Nexus? Fujita has like a group, and it's like, fuck the world, I'm divorced, because he got divorced from his ex-wife. And so the F on the, I think the front of the shirt stands for fuck the world. I hope I can say that word on the podcast, by yes. the way. Yes, okay. all you want. <laughs> Okay, I was just making sure. But yeah, it's like, screw this, screw that, fuck the world, I'm divorced. That's like his <laughs> whole thing. So, And I'm sure it probably has something to do with the Nexus, but that kind of explains the whole shirt. Then Hoshino had an H shirt. I, well, cause that's why I thought they were just, it just stood for their names. It was like <laughs> F and H, but now apparently, wow, it's an even deeper story. But yeah, when did Fujiya start doing death matches? How long has that been? Oh god, you know? it's been a while, because he's been doing stuff in Freedoms. He had a match uh, with uh, against Masaoka. That was the last on the last Freedom Corkin show. That was the title match. Gotcha. It seems like he switched because I, I remember him very well from like, you know, I don't know if I'd say the glory days of Zero One, 
I don't know if Zero One ever had glory days, but um, after Junior and Zero One, um, I don't know where he was. Where was he before Zero One? Was he Wait, Battle Arts? No, I don't think he was in Battle Arts. Where the hell was he? Because he teamed with Akuto Hodaka. I remember that. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I don't know. I don't know where he was before. I, I thought he started in zero one, but maybe not. Maybe he could, he could have. It's very possible. Some the biggest like there's some gigantic Minoru Vegeta fan like screaming <laughs> at their phone right now. Like, of course he. Actually, gone. you know what? He started in Big Japan. Oh shit! You're right. Wow. And he, he he oh there you go. He had two matches in in, in Battle Arts his <laughs> first year. I wasn't totally off, but yeah, he was a. Uh, he was, he's, I guess he was, he was just kind of an indie dude all, all of his career. Wow. Mm-hmm. But, interesting. Um, okay, so, the life and times of Mineral Fujita aside, um, this was this match was gross. I was yeah. Say. <laughs> this was, um, I, I, tr- I, I got through it, but, like, there, a few times, like, watching them drop on cement, it was like, oh, my God. And then throw cement blocks each other's heads and stuff. And oh, like, God. Jesus. But, um... What 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 do you think of it, Jesse? You're more of a deathmatch person than either one of us, so. Uh, I thought it was the best match on the show. I loved it. Uh, Masashi Takeda has to be the one to win this deathmatch title. He's so great. He does such stupid stuff. I don't know how he's still alive. Sometimes. <laughs> I I don't know how a lot of people are still alive after this match, though, with taking concrete block shots to their heads. Yeah. Um. I thought this was more brutal than the main event. We'll talk more about the main event later, but I really thought this match was a lot more brutal than that one. And yeah, it, I would I would agree with you. It was a tough act to follow. It was a good thing yeah. they had three non-death matches as like a buffer. <laughs> but. Yeah, and I I think it goes to show that death matches can be pretty sick even without glass because they are not allowed to use glass at Sumo Hall. That's why you don't see the Blake glass panels. You don't see the light tubes. They can't do that there, so they have to be a little bit more creative, and that's Who's why the, you had a concrete ring this year. <laughs> the only person who's ever who's ever had it is Onita, right? Well, Onita could do whatever he wants, so yeah. of course he's the only person that could have that. Yeah. So that was the concrete block tag team death match. It was, it was something. Wait, did you re- did you really get to give any thoughts on it, Brennan? I don't know. I, do you have? Any uh, yeah, it was um, you know, very very cringeworthy. Um. Jackie Numazawa is, is scary. He he's the kind of guy that would give me a lot of nightmares. He's scary, but um, he has an adorable kid. If you ever follow him on Twitter, he has an adorable kid. So cute. It's kind of, yeah, it's kind of like Jun Kasai because Jun Kasai kind of creeps me out. But then, uh, you know, they they showed that video before his DDT Extreme Title match. He's like pushing his kid in the swing. I was like, <laughs> oh man, Jun Kasai the dad. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was a. It was a sick match. <laughs> Very sick match. <laughs> um, so after that, we had intermission, of course, to clear up the concrete and the brain pieces and all that. And then we had the Yokohama Shopping Street six-man tag team title match. Uh, Ryokohama, Shogun Okamoto, and Yasufumi Nakanoa defeated uh, Daichi Hashimoto, Hiyoshi Kamatani, and Kohei Saito in about 16 and a half minutes. Um, this was... I, I This was really, like... Um, you know, it was what I wanted going in. I wanted to see a really, um, a really physical, really brutal kind of match, and you know, in a very different way than the last one, obviously. But it was, um, it definitely brought that in spades as far as how stiff it was. 
Um, I mean, early on there was like a little a little segment. Okamoto was a, was Okamoto was an ex sumo, right? I assume that's yes. why he did the sumo thing. So yeah, because he and Sato wrestled like an early stalemate, and they kind of decided to go out of sumo style, which Okamoto won that so quickly that's like okay. <laughs> Even if I had no idea he had a sumo background, I'd still probably know he had a sumo background. Um, I'm trying to think what else stood out in this match for me. There was that Daichi against Hammer was really fun. Because he was like kind of he was he was kind of kicking and dodging for a while there, and Hammer did that great little subtle cell job he does where he's like the big dude is getting annoyed at this little bastard, and finally he just like runs him down like a brick wall. It was great, but um, but yeah, that was a that was a fun little thing early in the match, and then obviously you had Kohei Sato in there doing the doing his fucking ridiculously sick strikes. Those those el- those forearms and elbows he throws. It's like Jesus. Yeah, they're pretty gnarly. <laughs> um, and then Daichi was throwing some some really gnarly ones too. I'm not gonna know at one point, like just fucking his shit up in the corner. But yeah, it was. Uh, at one point, I, I definitely noticed that Nakanoe's chest wasn't even red; it was like pink <laughs> by, <laughs> by like towards the end of the match. But um, but yeah, Hama kind. Of, I, I thought the pin was kind of out of, out of nowhere. Hama pinning Kamatani with his running body press, but that was. It was a really brutal and a good way match, and I, I enjoyed it a lot. What do you think, Jesse? For some reason, I don't think I liked the match as much as you. It just really didn't connect with me. But I think the main point of this match was to make Daichi Hashimoto look as good as possible without him taking a pin. I thought that was the primary goal of this match, and I thought Daichi looked great. And I don't really have too much else to say. Poor Kamatani, though, having to take <laughs> another pin. Yeah. Eh. That did, yeah. that, did kind of, that did kind of suck for him, but yeah. what else are you going to do, though, if you're going to, you know, obviously what happens at the end of the next match, and I, I assume Zero One didn't want Kohei doing the job in the middle of the fire Festival, so. <laughs> Kohei doesn't get pinned by anyone under 30 anyway. Yeah, that's, that's like a running joke. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of the match, Brennan? Yeah, I mean, this is kind of what I was uh, expecting it to be, just, a, you know, all these big guys in there, and mixing it up with Hama, lots of stiff strikes with Sato in there, and, you know, yeah, it's crazy to think that one year ago, Kamatani was beating Okabayashi for the title, and now he's getting squashed, literally, by Hama. Yeah, I thought that was pretty disappointing, too. Um, but, I mean, that's the price you have to face sometimes if you're trying to build up somebody like Daichi, and he's tagging with Kamatani. They are a tag team. They are their own separate unit. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and I think you're right. It did its job of making Daichi look good, and you know we'll talk about that a little later. Um. But yeah, that, the match was really good, I thought. But um, next match, the oh, no. big, the Big Japan World Strong Heavyweight <laughs> Championship match, the tenth champion Hideki Suzuki defeating Ryuichi Kawakami in about 14 minutes for his sleeper hold, his third successful defense. So everybody, I think listening probably knows that Brennan and I both love Suzuki. What is your opinion of him, Jesse? I love him, too. This isn't about me not liking him. I've okay. loved him since he made an utter fool of Kai in Russell 1. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but obviously you were very behind Kawakami here and probably disappointed he didn't get the win. Yeah. I mean, this has kind of been the story of his career in Big Japan, though. Sort of every time he's put in this position, he always falls short. Uh, I did, after calming down and having a few deep breaths and a, a day to sleep on it, um, someone pointed out that he did kick out of Hideki's usual double arm lock suplex. I'm not he sure did. the name of the move. The move. Someone pointed yeah. out that he kicked out of that, so that's kind of important. 
And he was the first. He was the first one. I, I'm okay. pretty sure. Mm-hmm. And um, he didn't tap out, which I think is important too. Um, uh, I think two years ago, before the first Ryugo Katan, uh, Kamatani and Okabayashi had a match to determine who would face Sakamoto. And in that match, Kam, uh, Okabayashi had him in the Argentine backbreaker. And Kamatani didn't tap out then either. So he kind of has this thing where he'll get in those situations, but he won't tap out. So I think that's a little interesting thing. It's not that Hideki winning. That doesn't bother me. I I think he... I kind of think he should have won this because I think it tells a better long-term story. I just think that for the position that Kawakami's in in this company and all of the previous things that have happened to him, I think taking this loss is really bad. And considering that the whole angle with Daichi at the end of the match happens, I don't know why they didn't put Kawamatani in this spot if he was just going to get squashed by Hama anyway. So I'm a little confused, but it is interesting that Hideki is very quickly running out of people within the strong division in general to beat. He's beaten Sakamoto, he's beaten Okabayashi, he beat Kamatani, he beat Kawakami, he's going to have a match with Daichi. The only kind of guy that's left is Uto, and I'm, I don't count Kakuta, nothing against him, but I don't think anyone does. So he's very quickly running out of people in that division to beat, and I think that's a little bit interesting. And Shuji being there, I think it's interesting too. I might be running a little bit into that, but I think most people by now know that Shuji and Kento Miyahara is the main event for All Japan's Sumo Hall show. And so perhaps at the start of September, we will be seeing Ishikawa a little bit more in Big Japan. Yeah. So, I mean, if, uh, if Ishikawa drops the title back, I, what you're trying to hint at here is that could be the Death Vegas main event. I don't know if they've ever had a singles match against one another either. I'm I mean, not entirely was... sure. They, yeah, they had a they had a match during the Strong Climb last year. Okay. And it, was, it was really good. I couldn't remember if it, they had one during the Strong Climb or not. But I think if they have not had very many matches together at all. No. Who, who won? Who won the strong climb match by any chance? I think Ishikawa did. Okay. So oh, now, I, I, I'm remembering it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But I feel like it's been so. It's been a while now. Anyway, you know, it will have been a year and a half later. And after Suzuki's, you know, like if, let's say Suzuki beats Daichi, he has like maybe another defense against Uto, and then meanwhile you have Ishikawa coming off the triple crown run. That would be among the biggest matches the strong division could put together, I think, for Death Vegas. And, I mean, who else are you going to do other than Sekimoto and Okabayashi? And I really don't want to see them go back to that yet. I just don't yeah. know. I think it would be better for Kawakami to do stuff with Sekimoto and Okabayashi and get wins over them and attempt to build him back up. Because he's, he put on Twitter that he's going to kill Suzuki. So I don't think it's necessarily over, but it's over for now. Yeah. But um, as far as the match itself goes, which we haven't really said anything <laughs> about, I thought, I mean, it, it was basically a lot of what I was expecting, where it was very, um, it was typical, it was in line with Suzuki's title matches, where it felt like a real fight, and it felt like a match where Suzuki was making another guy wrestle his match, um, which, you know, makes his dominance very logical. And it had see, the grappling stuff was really cool, and then a lot of very vicious open-hand strikes mixed in. Um, you know, when Hideki finally, like, loses his shit and just, like, starts elbowing people, I always really enjoy it. But, yeah, I thought I th- it, it was about what I expected, and um, I, I, thought they, I thought they did a good job kind of making Kawakami look stronger than the last few challengers did, but obviously he still got choked out at the end, which is not... A great visual, not a great visual form, but no. but I thought I, I thought it was I, I I really liked the match a lot, but um, you know like star rating wise went like four and a quarter, 
But, yeah, I would say what's about what I expected to. And I like Kawakami showing a bit more fire than he usually does in matches. I think that's a big step up for him. I think he's going to have to do more of that if they're ever going to go with him. Is, do you think he'd be better off as, like, more of... I mean, not that Big Japan always has a great heel-face divide here, but I feel like he has more of a heel charisma to him. I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he was showing a little bit more of that shittiness in this match. And yeah. I think that was really great. I mean, uh, I think he should embrace that a little bit more. Like, the way he would kind of smile at Suzuki and, and get a lot of cheap shots in. I thought that was good. A lot of Tinryu. He needs to do more of that. When, when he, like, did that, he had, like, a little comment before the, before the show that he was doing this for himself, not for, to defend Big Japan's honor like the others, which I thought was interesting. And, you know, I, ho- I, I really would like to see them run with that a little more and maybe play that more into his character that he's, you know, he's kind of out for himself. I think it fits in well with the way he wrestles. Yeah, but definitely. We'll see where he goes from here, I guess. Um, Brennan, do you have any other thoughts on this match? I, I love this match. I mean, I, I think this felt the most personal out of any of Suzuki's matches. Like, it, it really seemed like they were legitimately, legitimately trying to hurt each other in there. And you know, right, reminded me of Battle Arts. Like something very shooty. Like there's like a shoot style quality to it. I think that's that was really cool and, and unique and something we don't really see that much that these days. So, um, yeah, just another another notch on Suzuki's resume. I think, and 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 I kind of like him basically systematically taking out the strong division and, and being like, well, who do you got for me next? So I think that's cool. The, 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 the way he, like, went after him after the belt, it was another, <laughs> like, great little moment as far as, like, wait, he, he, they just don't like each other. Yeah. yeah the da- so Daichi Hashimoto jumps him afterwards. I mean, immediately, my brain selfishly went to, I hope to God this is the <laughs> Death Mania strong title match. I lo- anyone who knows me knows I love Daichi. Like, I've been tweeting about that for a while now. Like, th- as far as, like, you know, I don't remember when it was that Meltzer went on the radio and um, said that Daichi was in New Japan because he wasn't good enough. But like, yeah, I, I, I remember I, that. I wanted to fucking scream. Like that was so. Like here you have okay, you have so many young wrestlers who are um, sons of famous wrestlers who are utter failures. Okay, and it's because they try to be their dad. And here you have a young wrestler who's the son of a wrestler who's trying to do the opposite of that. He's trying to be himself. He's trying to, um, you know, like, really find his own path in pro wrestling. And I think he's done a great job of that, especially with signing with Big Japan. He has such a different look than his dad ever did. I mean, he does the kicks and stuff, too. But he, he comes off like his own guy. And this is a guy who I think has a has had a great career already. And, you know, if he can really find that next gear, he could be a really, really good, you know, a top Japanese wrestler for another decade or something. He's still so young, which people forget. So I don't know. Just that that, that comment infuriated me. I love Daichi, and I'm very very happy. It was confirmed today that his challenge of a decade is going to be at Death Mania Five in Nagoya, which I will be at. So I'm very excited to see that. Congratulations! Yes, I can't wait to see that. I mean, they honestly they almost could not put together a better strong title match to appeal to me personally. So <laughs> I think it's I'd interesting like to... that that. That title match is there. I think that kind of shows who's going to win. I don't expect Daichi to win that match there because it's not important. And I think when Daichi has his crowning moment, it's going to be at a big place just because he's Shinya's kid after all. I don't think they're going to put the title on him here. I don't think Hideki's going to lose the belt either, but I'm still going to have a lot of fun watching that match. I hope Ogawa shows up. That's what I want. (laughs) I want Hideki to put the call into Ogawa. 
have Ogawa sitting front row. You can sit next to him. And then Ogawa just, like, shit talks Daichi the whole time. <laughs> That's what I want. But, but yeah, so I'm uh, very excited for Death Mania. Um, that's going to take place on... Oh, God, I should know the date. I'm going to it. August 17th, I believe? Let me see. It is... Yep, August 17th. No, oh, no, August 19th. Yep, it's a Saturday. Okay. So yeah, they always awesome. do big shows for those death market... Big matches for the death market yeah. shows. Yeah. And then the, the week before, do you want to... The, the, they have, they're doing a bunch of show, shows at Ueno Park mm-hmm. while I'm in Tokyo. Is there anything worth seeing there? Like, what do you think? Uh, Takizawa from K-Jojo is going to be working some of those shows. Oh, I think that's, that's pretty good. fun. Uh, yeah. Not Kanji Tomato, though. No, Sorry. No <laughs> but Takizawa is going to be there. And they... I'm, I'm oh, think that I think um, one of their new guys is going to debut. He had, like, an exhibition match at Kamatani uh, mm. just recently. He was in the video package. I, I don't recall his name. I think he was the one in, in the video package they talk about it that... He was actually supposed to debut with the Aoki, and he had some kind of injury, and it's kind of set him back. So they were like showing Aoki and showing him. So is so do they do they put out cards for these ahead of time or no? Yeah, I think so. They don't okay. have any up yet. Cause I, I know they don't have any. I definitely I looked this morning and I was like trying to figure. Yeah, out. Yeah, I was looking and I saw Takizawa yeah. was working the shows and like wait what? I would of like all to people because they're doing so many shows in those three days and you know. There's, I have a lot of stuff to see in Tokyo, so I really need to pick, like, one or two at most. I would say but. whatever show has the Poseidon Adventure match is the mm-hmm. one to go to. <laughs> yeah, I'm very, But I'm very excited to see uh, Big Japan, a very unique venue. I don't know if I'm going to make it to the Korokin on Sunday or not, so we'll see. Um, it basically depends on how long the G1 goes, I guess. You never know what I know it's gonna be. I mean, I, I wouldn't mind getting there if I'm like if even if I get there like an hour and a half late, I could just buy a cheap ticket and see the last, you know, hour and a half, two hours of the card. But we'll see. We'll see what's on the card and see how long the G1 goes. But that would be my third wrestling show of the day, though. Oh so. my god! <laughs> I know that that day is gonna be pretty crazy if I do it. It'd be start Cork and for Stardom. G1, final sumo, and then back to Kirk and for Big Japan. Oh, man. So, that, yeah. I, mean, I like wrestling, but that's a lot. <laughs> that is a lot of wrestling. <laughs> sure. But after that, I would have three days off from wrestling. So, oh, okay. yeah, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I wouldn't be going to another show till uh, Dragon Gate on, in Osaka on Thursday. So That shit sounds like a lot of fun, actually. Yeah. I mean, I, I really want to see... I want to see a Dragon Gate show out in Kanzai, because the Kanzai crowds are pretty nuts sometimes. So... Um, okay, so that, anyway, is my trip, which we'll, I have plenty of time to talk about on this podcast. <laughs> um, up next, the semi-main, the Big Japan tag team title match. Um, very simple concept, this match. You had two, obviously the two pillars of strong division, Daisuke Sekimoto and Yuji Okabayashi, defending in a straight wrestling match against two pillars of the deathmatch division, Abdullah Kobayashi and Ryuji Ito. Um, Kobayashi won in 21 minutes with the diving, diving baka chinga elbow drop on Okobayashi. <laughs> um, I thought, I thought uh, Abdullah Kobayashi was a, a star here. Like, he was really above and beyond what I expected. Now, the, the, the contrast to that was Ryuji Ito was almost invisible, I thought, for a lot of the match. <laughs> but Abdullah Kobayashi, like, he was, he, he put on a hell of a performance between, um, I mean, first of all, the crowd was, the crowd was super into watching him, 
um, <laughs> to like mat wrestling and chain wrestling. Like you've <laughs> never heard a crowd pop so loud for like a simple go behind counter to a wrist lock. Like they were so into watching them do that. Um, then he, you know, him kind of building up to where he's at first he's not selling at all for second motor strikes, which makes sense because he's used to getting hit by light tubes. You know, <laughs> like well, why would he sell for this right away? But then he kind of transitions into selling more, and he's he was like a really effective babyface in peril. Um, you, you kind of just felt bad for this big scarred marshmallow, <laughs> <laughs> and it was like it just he was very good. Um, but yeah, he, he carried that whole part that whole part of that match, and he came back in and did you know and did more spots towards the end. I mean, he, they got him up for a tort for the uh, for the RC backbreaker. That was insane. Yeah, and then they awesome. got him up for they got him up for like a really scary power slam like off the top. I was like, oh my <laughs> god! But yeah, I mean, um, I, I gave this four stars. I thought it was awesome. I thought Kobayashi carried it for his team. I thought he was fucking awesome in this match. I have newfound respect for his in ring ability. He is the blood rainmaker after all. Why yeah. would you expect anything less than a four star match? <laughs> I mean, he was just so good. What What did you think, Jesse? Oh, super fun match. Uh, Abby taking off his pants and going strong style with those black trunks is great. Uh, least shocking title change, though, I thought the minute they booked this match, the deathmatch guys were going to win. Uh, the tag title, no, the tag tournament should be starting up pretty soon after all of these water park shows that they do. They'll have their tag tournament. Uh, I don't know who's going to win. I don't really know too many of the teams other than Daichi and Kamatani. I get their names confused sometimes. Um, I think that'll be one of the teams to look out for in the tournament. I fully expect them to actually win the tournament. Um, man, Sakamoto and Okabayashi are amazing. I don't think any more needs to be said about them. And I think for people that were down on the match before the show and really wanted to see Yankee Tukenju in the match, which I completely understand, they ha- Strong BJ and Yankee Tukenju have incredible matches. I think maybe they might be chagrining a little bit because this was so good. It was a lot of fun. But Ito didn't do anything. Yeah, Ito did nothing. Which I was like, <laughs> that was a little... Because I, I remember seeing him like death matches and he seemed like he could kind of go. But like he just didn't... I don't know if it was just by, by design that they just decided there's going to be the Kobayashi show. Which I think in hindsight was the right decision anyway. But um, but yeah, it was, a, it was definitely all Abdullah. That's for sure. What is you? I mean, obviously, Sakimoto and Okabayashi are amazing. Like you said, there's no, there's no point in like coming on here and talking about how great they are. I think everybody knows by now. But what do you think, Brennan? Yeah, I mean, going in on paper, I wasn't too thrilled about this match just because you know I've I've only seen Abdullah in death matches, and even then, you know, his his wrestling ability is limited. You know, when he doesn't have a light tube in his hand, so um, I, I didn't have a lot of expectations going into this, but it definitely exceeded it. I mean, this was a lot of fun and. I think he and Okabayashi especially have really good chemistry together. I mean, some of his facials when uh, Okabayashi was chopping him, like like he was trying to block him in the corner, and then he just, you know, Okabayashi lays into his chest and his back. Ouch. I mean, those got to hurt really bad. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he he and Okabayashi stole the show. But, uh, I, yeah, like you said, John, I have, I have a newfound respect for Abdullah outside of death matches. His, yeah, his selling was on point because, like I said, if he, if he was immediately selling it over the top, it would have come off his phony just because we've seen him in all these light tubes and all this other shit. But it, the way it kind of built, I thought was really cool. And by the time he was like 
grimacing when he's chops across his scarred back. It was like you just you had to feel bad for the guy. Yeah. So <laughs> it, it it worked really well, and um, can't this match? I I thought this match was gonna be fun, and it still exceeded my expectations. So yeah, I would agree with that. Um. Okay. So the main event, um, we had the Big Japan Deathmatch Heavyweight Title on the line. Messiah Takahashi defending against Takayuki Ureki. Um, Takahashi won with a in 23:42 with a jackhammer onto a board of nails. His second title defense. Um, he he was from. Do you, do you like? Can you describe what Asuka Project is? And because he left it to join the Big Japan roster after the match, right? Yeah, but I really don't know what it is. That's a little too deep for me. Okay, so it's basically a <laughs> tiny, tiny promotion of some kind. Uh, I I. They're having some kind of match, and I know Koji Doi is working it. I think he knows the guy, and it's like the guy's fifth anniversary. I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, I've seen this name before. I definitely have, and I've just, it's one yeah. of those things where I see the name from time to time. I'm like, what the fuck is that? I'm sure <laughs> someone on Twitter will give us the whole rundown and history of the, the company. <laughs> That's just uh, what, it's one of the few that I don't know about. Okay, <laughs> well, do you want do you want to know who their champion is and has been for 755 days according to Cage Match? I can't wait to find out. The Oscar Project champion, Kenichi Orai. Oh, <laughs> He's been that explains everything. Since June 25th, 2015. Um, yeah, there you go. <laughs> I just, just looked that up. They do but have they... some trainees, though. I've seen pictures of them, and that's, like, a little surprising, maybe. But they do train people, so... Well, but yeah, but, but Takahashi left them to join Big Japan, I guess. Yes. So, interesting. Um... First of the month, next month, he'll officially be with Big Japan. So, the match itself, um, again, not a deathmatch expert, so I'm going to cede the floor to <laughs> our our deathmatch expert here, Jesse. Go ahead, what do you think of the match? I'm not saying that the match wasn't gruesome, or wasn't a little hard to watch at times, but it wasn't bloody enough for me especially with the nails and the thumbtacks glued on the board and all this stuff they left their shirts on too long I wanted them to rip them off and like get torn up that's what, that's what uh, Drew Wardlow said the same thing he was like hoping the shirts would come off quite yeah. yeah I mean it was an incredibly brutal match and those Kinzons that they were just like drilling into their heads I was like oh, oh. my god that was like that was hard to watch yes um, but I don't think it was as good as the main event last year. I like the main event a lot more last year. Uh, I'm shocked Ueki didn't pass out. I'm proud of him. I, I will say him pulling him pulling the gun out and Takahashi <laughs> like immediately slapping out his hand out of the ring. Yes. Like, what the, like what the fuck is wrong with you bringing that? Yeah, this match? No light like, tubes, but you can have a gun. But yeah, that was I, I just the way I took that resp- that that spot to be like him basically saying stop fucking around, which I thought yeah. was great. And they are tag like, partners too. Yeah, so the third third generation Blood Brothers, right? Yes. What, so like they're they're it's a, it's it was an interesting dynamic, and that that was probably my favorite spot of the match, just because you know, like everybody else, I love all those gun comedy spots, and to have them reference it in the main event of Sumo Hall was awesome. But and I thought it was perfect because I think it would have been dumb not to reference it at all. But obviously, you don't want to be doing like long comedy spots in the main event. So, just he put it, he pulled it out, slapped out his hand immediately, and never saw it again. So that was perfect, I thought. Yeah, I really like that too. Um, I think Messiah is a great champion. He's young. That's the most important thing. The Deathmatch Division in Big Japan was getting very, very old. And they need to have younger people. I'm very much looking forward to when he had to match with Takeda, though. 
I hope that's the Death Vegas main event because they can go really crazy there. And it's in Yokohama. It's Big Japan's backyard. I'm I'm crossing my fingers. I want that to be the main event of Death Vegas this year. Is Yureki so Yureki is only twenty five, he's even younger than Takahashi, who's thirty. Um did is, does Yuki have a future at the top of the Deathmatch division, or is he... Yes, um... simply because they don't have a lot of people in the Deathmatch division that can yeah. keep doing this. Uh, it's part of the same reason why Sakuda went and joined the division. I, I really like Sakuda, by the way, in the Deathmatch division. I think he's incredible there. Um, but I think just simply because they are running out of guys, and I don't know if they're ever really going to work hand-in-hand with Freedoms. Yeah. You know, I, I think... The perfect guy to put on top of any deathmatch division right now is Masaoka, the Freedoms Champion. But I don't see that happening in Big Japan. I mean, they don't even want to put the title on Takeda. I've been waiting and waiting and waiting, and I'm afraid I'm going to have to keep waiting. <laughs> so, I mean, it's that's it is what it is sort of situation there. But they definitely need younger deathmatch guys, and for that reason, I think Lefty is just going to keep getting chance after chance. Yeah, and he's not a bad deathmatch wrestler either. So it's not like, oh, he's terrible. I don't want him to have shots. No, he's really good. Why? So Takeda, he was trained by Kasai, but he wrestles. It seems like looking at his match breakdown, he wrestles way more in Big Japan than Freedoms. Why is that? He left Freedoms. He's a freelancer now. Right. No, I did. I did know that, but he just yeah. He just doesn't want. Uh, I don't think Freedoms just runs a lot of shows in general. Uh, Big I Japan see. runs more, and Takeda is he. Features in all Japan now as well. Yeah. Thank you, Uncle Jun, not discriminating <laughs> against deathmatch guys because Takeda is just a fantastic wrestler in general. If you haven't seen him in a normal match, go seek it out because he is a very, very good wrestler. Go so check him out. He'll show. He'll, he will show up on the occasional All Japan show, so that's cool. Um, what you? So what do you think of the main event, Brendan? You know, I actually really liked it. Um, I thought Yueki was awesome here. I think he did a really good job of kind of playing the the baby face underdog, and <coughs> excuse me, he did a really good job of making everything look and sound really painful. I mean, like just his vocal selling was really intense, and Takahashi looked mean as hell. I mean, just throwing the salt in the wounds. Yeah, Takahashi and... looked the meanest man alive. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yes, yeah, so this yeah, I mean, this definitely exceeded my expectations. I, I don't know what I expected going in, and I, I, I still don't feel comfortable rating death matches, but um, it was sure violent. <laughs> <laughs> what I can say. Um, the I, I thought it was um, I, I like I said, like you got like you were saying, Reiki. He has like a natural charisma, and I don't. I, it almost kind of makes you want to be like, well. Are you sure you want to do this, man? <laughs> like that yeah. Kind of, he has that kind of face. Like he has such gr- great comedic timing too, and it's kind of like you would be so good, but th- that doesn't pay. Yeah. Death matches make the money; they pay. That's why they, they do all this crazy stuff. Do they do they give hazard pay for the referees like they used to in FMW? I'm not sure. I've always wondered that because that's how that's how Dragon Kid like paid for his training. Is he was a referee from FMW, and he would take like all the most extreme matches because they basically gave hazard pay. Like they paid extra for like all these. If you ref these electricity matches or whatever, like they would actually pay the refs extra. Well, Big so. Japan have like their. I think there's three now. It's like three refs that they have. I know Mac Takeda is like the main one that they use. Yeah. So I don't know if he gets hazard pay or not. I think <laughs> he was the ref for this match. Yeah. 
remember. It's interesting though. Um, but yeah, so that was the main event. Um, overall, I mean, I I've seen a lot of people say um, that they were disappointed by this show, which I don't really get because like okay, if you compare it to last year, I think obviously last year's was better. Yes. But you had, I mean, what I voted as the match of the year last year for the for all of wrestling was Okabayashi and Kamatani. Like I thought that match was that good. So you you're obviously not going to be able to compare to a show where, that had a legitimate five star match. This was still a very good show. I thought it still had two two matches, three matches. They put above four stars. It had a lot of really um, the, the the main matches. I thought all delivered to some extent. There was really nothing that I felt under delivered. And the the tag title match, I thought, way, way over-delivered. So I don't know how anyone would, be, would get bad show out of that. Um, I think Dylan Justin's going to bury it in his, <laughs> yeah. in his review. I mean, he only gave the Suzuki match like two and a quarter stars or something. No, no, so. no. He gave it two and three quarters, uh, two which and three I, quarters. Me- I immediately pointed out to him. That's half a star more than I gave Okada Cody. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, I mean, he he's going to bury the show, apparently. But... I think I think it was a very good show. I was I was very satisfied with it. I think any Big Japan fan like myself, a very hardcore Big Japan fan, would be very satisfied with this show. And sometimes you have to maybe take two steps backwards to take a couple steps forward. And I kind of feel that way about this show. And uh, if you have anyone has any Koguma pictures of her watching her Manueki, I need you to DM them to me. <laughs> it's a very that's a joke. So. I don't, I'm not going to go into explaining it, but I had to throw that in there. Um, I definitely think it was weaker than last year, but it's hard to keep up that sort of standard. And Hideki Suzuki does not wrestle like Okabayashi. He just doesn't. And yeah. you either like that style or you don't like that style. And you don't have to like that style. There's plenty of things you can watch, and not everyone likes everything. But I think maybe that might be some of the reason that people are a little down on the show. I know he doesn't have as many fans as Okabayashi does. Um, I think the main event, like I said, I didn't like it as much as last year's main event, but I didn't think anything on this show was terrible. And I think, like you said, I thought the tag title match really over-delivered. I really wasn't expecting that either. What do you think of the show overall, brother? I mean, I went in with low expectations. Uh, you know, like I thought Suzuki was definitely losing to Kawakami, so I had that going on in the back of my head. And you know, like I said earlier, I didn't think much of the tag title match on paper, but on a whole, I'd say all of my expectations were exceeded. I mean, I think there is something for everybody. Um, you know, they they did a really good job of putting on an entertaining show, and you know, they had comedy, they had some cringeworthy stuff. You know, because it's Big Japan, so you got to have <laughs> some of that in there. Um, you know, I I really like the Suzuki Kawakami match. I I've really really enjoyed Suzuki's run. I mean, he really brings his own strong style to the division, which is cool because a lot of these guys are kind of uh, caught off guard, uh, which is a, a really cool concept with him being kind of this outside force of nature that's just kind of blowing through the strong division. So I, I'm a big fan of that, and, and I'm really enjoying this, and I'm glad that he gets to do this a little longer. The the, the, the Suzuki run, you know, we I, we both talked about enjoying it a lot, I think, on Twitter and stuff. And I think if you don't if you don't get it, or if you don't want to see it, then I can totally get why it's going to be a turnoff. But like. I'm happy that there's someone still doing that style on a high level. Like, there needs to be... Pro wrestling is more um, interesting as a whole to have someone doing that style at the level he's doing it at. Because 
sometimes I feel like we're all in danger. As good as as good as people, as much as people like current New Japan, and I, I like it, and I watch it. I feel like it's we're all, we're often in danger of like falling into a trap of there being only one way to present, you know, quote unquote strong style or Japanese like heavyweight pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to see that kind of style, you know, fade away. Like I want to be able to watch a guy like get in there and grapple like he's in a real fight. So I think it's important to have for him to have this type of run. I think Big Japan did a very good thing um, bringing him in and letting him have this kind of run. But that's kind of how I feel about it. You should follow him on Twitter, by the way, if you don't follow him. He will for like everyone tweet. out there. He is... He'll tweet in English, right? He's yeah. very appreciative. He's he's a great great follow. He's one of the people I would highly suggest people follow. Yeah, I mean, he seems like a genuinely nice guy and yes. a guy that really cares about wrestling and, and cares about the the younger generation like he's always very supportive of you know guys like Udo and Namura and Kakuda and so it's cool to see him kind of be this godfather of the strong division and um, you know after yeah, I watching think that's an interesting thing that you brought up you see a very the compare and contrast with him in the ring and then him on Twitter it, it's a really awesome thing I think yeah, I mean, he'll, he'll beat your ass in the ring, but afterwards he'll give you a hug and, and walk you out, so... <laughs> mm-hmm. he's, a, he's, a very, he's a throwback, and in the fact, in the, the way that, like, he he's here to have... He's here to beat your ass in the ring, like you said, but he's not... Um, I, don't, I don't know where I'm going with this. Like, he's a, he wrestles like a heel, but he... Especially the way he dominates people, but he carries himself just like an old-school champion. Which I mm-hmm. which I like. Like we don't we don't need to have, you know, every heel be like mustache twirling, like you know, like the way Kenny Omega goes so over the top in New Japan, just like it, it can be a he can just be a heel because he wrestles a different style than the other guys and he just beats you know beats them all, but it doesn't mean he's a terrible person or like he's has just to an be, I'm better than you heel exactly. I'm better yeah. than you. He has to be doing all this cackling in the background, <laughs> like Kenny Omega's been doing. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I, I, I enjoyed this show and I'm, I'm happy Hideki Suzuki is still champion and I can't wait to see him in Daichi. Oh yeah, that's um, going to be great. Any more overall Big Japan thoughts? I mean, what, what would you... And for someone who just started watching uh, Big Japan, Jesse, mm-hmm. like, do you have any tips for them on how to follow the promotion or like, what they should be watching, what they can skip? Uh, I would say if you're just starting out, just watch the Korokan Hall shows. There's no reason to go and rush to YouTube and get that Nico Pro subscription just yet because uh, a lot of the house shows aren't very much to watch unless you're really into the promotion. You can just follow the Corican shows. And I will say, if you don't like death matches, that's okay too because when I started watching Big Japan, I couldn't watch them either. I got very desensitized over time. So don't be afraid to check out Big Japan even if you don't like death matches. Uh, they're like baby tier, actually, if you watch Freedoms. Uh, if you don't like Deathmatch as well, don't watch Freedoms, really. I would suggest don't do that. But, you know, just watch Corican shows. And if you like it, then keep following the promotion. Uh, they have an English web store now for everyone out there. And you can even send them comments and, and compliment them in English, and they will read it. So that's pretty cool. I think it's interesting that they have an English web store and New Japan doesn't. That's kind of funny to me. And, you know, if you ever have any questions, and I think that's, this goes for every promotion. If you have questions about anything, do not be afraid to ask. I know I can come off as intimidating, but 
I'm always willing to help someone. So if you have any questions about Big Japan, I think we actually got a question about Big Japan, um, just ask. There are a ton of people that love this promotion, and the people that wrestle for the company themselves are incredibly personable. I know people that have gone to shows in Japan, and they say they are some of the friendliest guys in the world. So that's my little spiel. They, it's a big family with Big Japan, really. That's really what it is. So yeah, like Jesse was saying, there's a lot of there's a lot of people who love Big Japan, and if you have questions, feel free to um, bring them to people. But I, you know, I, I'm someone also that never really liked Deathmatches at all, and I you know I got into Big Japan because of the strong division, and I've been I still I still don't know if I ever if I'm ever gonna like them or like you know really have them as my favorite thing. But I still think it's a worthwhile... Um, I mean, obviously, you can just skip them, you know? I've done that before, especially on Korokins and stuff. But on the biggest shows of the year, I always try to watch them. And there's certain guys I always try to watch. Like, like I would say, if, you're, if, you're, if you think you normally don't like death matches, a great team to watch is Yankee 2 Kenju. Yes. Because they do so much cool shit anyway. Like, they're almost like a really... Um, like an involved version of like a TLC match basically is the best way to put it like they're going to do like crazy spots and it's more about like all the, the crazy stuff they drop they jump off of but it's not so much about um, you know maiming themselves well they do they do some of that but um, it's not it's off, often not as gruesome as some of the other deathmatch guys so that's a great place to dip your toe in is to watch um, watch Kodaka and Miyamoto um, I'm excited I'm going to get to see Miyamoto at a 666 show Oh, that should just be fun in general. Yeah, that'll be be an experience. Um, I think just me and Shinobu will be an experience from everything I've heard. um, But yeah, so I really want to see Shinkiba first ring this time because I didn't get to do it last time. So they're one of the few promotions running it while I'm there, and I figured, what the hell. Um, But yeah, that's, that's, I guess, everything Big Japan. Brennan, do you have any final thoughts on, like, helped if people need help getting into Big Japan, what they can do? Yeah, I mean, like Jesse said, the Kurgan shows are always really fun. Everybody's always really fired up, and you get a good mix of, uh, you know, the young generation of the Strong Division, uh, and, you know, the young generation of the Deathmatch Division. I'm a, I'm a guy that hasn't really liked Deathmatch um, wrestling, and, and since being on Burning Spirits, you know, Drew and Kevin have made me watch quite a bit of it, and, you know, it's still not my favorite style, but I like that the younger generation of guys are, are incorporating more wrestling supposed to just gross out spots it's kind of reserved for that old guard now they they'll have the gross out spots but you know yankee to kenju uh, sakuda is another really great young up-and-coming guy who's really athletic um and takeda you know he works that sh- kind of this shoot style he incorporates a lot of that into his matches and so you've got guys that can actually wrestle um, and not just rely on the gross out spots and light tubes so that's that's cool have they made you watch Freedoms yet, or no? <laughs> I've I watched a it was a strong style death match with Takeda, and I can't remember who else was in it, but it was a Freedoms match, and that's the only one I've seen. And that one wasn't I mean it was pretty gnarly, but it wasn't you know scissors and syringes and stuff like that. I was so. gonna say I'm waiting for them to make you watch the scissor board death match with oh, God. Takeda and Fukamoto. <laughs> <laughs> I can't I couldn't do it either. Yeah. Ugh. So everybody, I can't I cannot reiterate. Um, if you're Freedoms is just deathmatches, right? No, they have other stuff too. It's not just deathmatches. Oh. oh, that's interesting. They just have yeah. the most gruesome. Ones. The most gruesome. Okay. And yeah. they bring in the Mexican deathmatch wrestlers, which I really uh, like because those guys are crazy. They're crazy. So maybe someday we'll do our Freedoms cast. I don't know. <laughs> but I mean, my goal with this with this podcast is always to 
I mean, obviously, other than bringing on a lot of different people, was to highlight wrestling that doesn't get as much attention. But, you know, I think we're, I, we're, we're pretty well covered with this stuff on Voices of Wrestling now between us and Burning Spirits. So I'm happy that we're, um, we're trying to branch out and not just be the New Japan Mecca. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the, the sheer amount of coverage Ryu Gokutan got is pretty, you know, four podcasts, you know, two, preview, two, two podcasts that did little previews on it and two doing reviews on it now preview written preview written review it's good hopefully we're gonna introduce some more people to it now yeah definitely um okay so that was big japan that was ryu gokutan um if you haven't seen it yet available on the real hill archive we also want to talk a little bit of wrestle one which is a promotion that jesse and i both really have enjoyed in 2017 i've tried to articulate why i think it's Worthwhile to watch it this year, and I don't know if I if I did a very good job. So Jesse, what would you tell people as far as why they should watch Wrestle One? I can understand why people don't want to watch Wrestle One, considering their history, but the company is really moving in a different direction and has a lot of young talent. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I think this is the youngest promotion in Japan. So if you want to see young guys make their start, come up through a promotion, see all their trials and tribulations, Wrestle 1 is the place for you. And it's a it's a story-heavy promotion, but they make it easy to follow as well because they try to get that information out to people. And with their YouTube Wrestle 1 TV show, it makes following this promotion very easy for everyone. So I would say if you haven't given Wrestle 1 a chance, check it out. It's not... New Japan six-star match wrestling? Absolutely not. I will never say that. But they have a lot of great personalities, a lot of great up-and-coming wrestlers, and it's just a lot of fun. I think it's just a fun promotion right now. It has a very heavy month-to-month... It feels like a month-to-month territory in a lot of ways, because you can always only watch the Kurrigan and really get most of well, You can value. watch some of their other shows on the Nico Pro thing now. Yeah. Their last Oshaka show will be up on Nico Pro. I don't remember exactly when. I think the they 22nd. had some title matches on that show. Yeah, I think it's the 22nd. Okay. Um, but yeah, the result title and the, the junior title, right? Or the cruiser title. The crew, yes. Um, but yeah, but but like as far as just it, if you only want to watch the Kurrigan now, it can't you, it can feel like a month to month promotion where like you know they they run angles and the angles set up something at next month's show, and it's very easy to follow like that and to find, and to like it's very much a straight line, everything makes sense. Um, yeah, that's I don't know. The, I would say that's the one thing that's really improved about Wrestle One. I think the biggest criticism the company has had for a long time is why are they doing this? It doesn't make any sense. But now they seem to have a goal and a path and a direction of where to take the company. Now, is the company drawing very well? Not particularly, but uh, I think they're very well set up for the future. I think they have a different, the different problem than Noah has. I think Noah does have named guys. They have people that everyone knows of, but they can't get people to go to the shows. Wrestle One's problem is they don't really have anyone that people know. I know Ikumen finished sixth in the number fan voting poll, but they don't really have a draw in this company. Kasayashi's not going to draw people. I, I love Kasayashi, but he's just not a really big name for people. And so they're kind of just right now starting from the bottom of the barrel. And I think if you look at the company in that way and you see the, the Korokan numbers that they draw, they've had numerous shows this year that haven't even drawn 100 people to them. I think if you kind of realize this company just has no one they don't have that 
star that people know of right now, it, the numbers become a little bit clearer. Yeah, I definitely agree. And, you know, I, I, I've seen... So I, I went to their show last April, which is their Cherry Blossom Festival show, and I, I had a great time at that show, and I, I hadn't been watching them at all. But even then, like, trying to trying to keep up with them after that, I kind of fell off again watching them on tape. And, like, I, I can't remember exactly when the changeover would be. Sometime after Daiki and Nava beat Kai for the title and that whole new era thing started, it felt like that was the beginning of everything being more focused and everything having more of a straight line feel. Well, Hi- uh, Hayashi has been sort of running the company even before they announced that Muto was stepping down from his spot and going into being, I think he's the chairman now. So they've yeah. been actually doing a lot of things behind the scenes for quite a while. Well, that that makes sense, because it felt like because that, that announcement was in January and it felt like they were already on more of like a straight line and, you know, a, a purpose to things going back to like October. So that's when I think if people are looking for like a turning point, I think that's when the promotion kind of became what it is today it would be about like last october um so the, and the guys they've chosen to push you know like obviously i think shotaro shina was a good choice and then he was gonna get pushed anyway because yeah he's like the first graduate of their dojo so but, he's, but um he's so he, good he, he was injured for so long but mm-hmm. then obviously once he came back you know he got they they put him on top pretty quickly um, I know you guys, Brennan, did a long thing. Oh, I was on the episode actually <laughs> on Jotaro Oshino and his kind of rise. Do you do you have any? Have you seen him since that episode? And do you have any different feelings? Yeah, I watched his last title match, uh, the one against Koji Doi. Um, I watched that whole show, but um, I, I like him. I think he's definitely got a unique presence. He's got a, a great look, and I think he's still finding, you know, kind of his stride as champion. Um, I think he just needs a little bit more fire, uh, maybe a little bit more toughness to kind of match his image, but I think he's really cool. I mean, I, you know, I think he's a good guy to kind of uh, give the belt and let him run. Yeah, I think something that people maybe don't know about him is he's very inspired by Fit Finley. Mm, that's interesting. Mm. I see the Kurt, because I would have guessed Kurt Angle. Just watching no, him. he said he's a big Fit Finley fan. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, and he, he also said that it's not that he doesn't like sort of the Big Japan strong style, they hit each other hard thing, but he wants to be known as a technical guy. He does, he does, he's not into like the big hard hitting stuff. He wants to be more of a technical wrestler for people. So I think if you maybe keep that in mind you watch his stuff too, maybe it makes a little bit more sense. Yeah, that does make sense. Um, but yeah, I mean just, you know, when, when like you were talking about their past, I think when, when he first won the title, it was very natural to be like, okay, well... Give it like three months, and here here comes here comes Kono. Yep, exactly. That's what to say. Here comes Kono to take the title off him because that's just how Big Japan's mo has been. But I mean, not Big Japan. Wrestle One's mo has been. But um, uh, you know, it hasn't happened yet. Um, I don't think it's. I mean, I obviously we'll, we'll talk about the GP results here. But he, it seems like he's a, a long-term champion, and. That's kind of the first clue, I think, to people that this is a very different promotion than the one we've seen in the past. They have other titles that they switch around a lot. Yeah. They went to other ones. The, I mean, that well, Koji Doi had that result title for a, a little while. That was, yeah. yeah. That was something. All right, so... The, let's the quickly... title itself is something in general. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a weird... It, it, looks, it looks so much different from other belts. 
Doi said that... it looks like a toy. He even called it a toy belt himself. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it stands out. That's all I'll say. <laughs> um, okay, so we'll quickly talk about the, the Russell 1 Grand Prix. Um, this was held back on July 12th at Currican Hall. It was a single elimination tournament all held in one night. Um, the the show has not made air yet. I believe it's taking air on Gayor, um, what, the 20th, I think? I think so. Yeah, it's coming up in a couple of days, so you'll be able to see it sor- shortly after you listen to this episode. Um, but the the YouTube channel did put up the highlights already, the Wrestle and TV channel that Jesse was talking about earlier. So we'll quickly go through the results. Um, Kono beat Anaba very quickly in 344 in the first round. Is is that does that say anything about where Anaba is right now? No, Obviously because he... if you watch the highlights, uh, Kodama gets involved in this match, and that's very important later on in the show. So, so what was what was the what was the finish? He like kind of it made it look like he was. He got up on the apron and distracted the ref, and then Kono came back and just need the heck out of Anaba and won. But it wasn't it wasn't clear yet that he was actually turning on a Nava, right? Like no. Was, okay. So they did a good job setting it up here and then letting letting it play out later. Well, I think if you watched the previous stuff, you kind of figured it was going to happen. It was just a matter of when. Well, why do you say that? In the home, previous it? Wrestle 1... Well, they've been having a tip ever since they've uh, they lost, lost the tag title. They right? a tag title match uh-huh. to Doi Kuma. It was Kuma Doi. I like Kuma Doi better. But seniority, of course... Um, and they've been really teasing this stuff, especially with Kodama. Kodama has been a prick, and he's very, very good at it. Yes, <laughs> he's very, very good at it. And they've been really teasing this for quite a while. It, he's he's one of those guys that's such a good prick heel that it makes you wonder why the why the fuck did they waste time with him as a babyface for all this time before and this? I don't say this in offense of his looks, but he just looks like a heel. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Just it, I don't know. He's one of those guys. Like it's like Shingo Takagi. It's like why did you fuck around with him as a baby face for so long <laughs> when he's such a natural heel? But but yeah, I mean they tried to make him like the baby face cruiser champion, and then they have the team with the Naba, and it just it never clicked. I will like, say I'm sad that they're not teaming together because they were an incredible tag team. They were good. They were good. Maybe a Naba turn heel someday. <laughs> I don't think uh, that's happening anytime soon. <laughs> no, probably not. Uh, the second Grand Prix match. Takanori Ito beating Suji Kondo in about six minutes. This is obviously, um, like, for people, people who don't know, he's he's the guy who looks kind of like a Japanese Kevin Owens, especially with the, <laughs> the, t- the T-shirt look. They even mentioned this on commentary. Yes. Like, the, he, that's kind of what he's going for. So, um, but, yeah, I mean, it's a, it, that's a big win for him, beating Kondo. Um, yeah, pro- and Kondo probably... said after, um, he's, like, 80% disappointed he lost, but he's 20% proud because he drained them. Oh, that's that's a great that's great then, um, but yeah, that was uh, that was interesting. That to, obviously has to be the biggest one of his career, right? I would think. Well, yeah, I mean the tag title um, too. But they say people say he's been around for nine months, but it's actually shorter than that because when he first started training, he had injuries. So yeah. this is really his first serious run. I don't. Maybe he's up to wrestling thirty matches now. So I think people should keep that in mind when they watch him. You really should watch him. I, he's not going to win any, any Rookie of the Year award. I think somebody in New Japan has that locked up. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you could argue he's the best rookie in Japan right now. He is really, really good. He has a karate background. I think he won a national title, actually, in karate. So, he's no slouch, despite the way he looks. Is he Just another a, guy that tried out anywhere else first, or is he, did he go straight I wrestling? don't know. Okay. I'm not entirely sure. 
But like he's, I mean, he, his kicks are so fucking good. That's yeah. What, it makes sense for the karate background thing. And he has a, you, a, a great German suplex, too. His yeah. German suplex is amazing. Which he, which he won this match with, actually. Um, you th- what do you think of Ito, Brennan? Uh, I haven't seen a lot of him, but from what I've seen, he looks like a, a guy I'd like. I mean, I, I saw the highlights from this match, and this match looks like it was really fun, like a, a good little sprint. Um, but yeah, he's he's a guy that you wouldn't expect to be throwing out these like spin kicks, and uh, he pulls them off really well. He's got he's got that he's, he has that the that kind of gravitate towards you natural in ring charisma that you can't really teach. So that's that's an important first step, I think. Yeah, definitely. We'll see. They are we'll very see very high on him. Yeah, well, you can tell in the booking, honestly. <laughs> I mean, he ran through that ace tournament to get in here. So. And he. They're starting to separate the pro wrestling ace guys with the, some of the older people in the company. And he's been put with Kano and Kondo. So I think that just says a lot in general there. Yeah. So the match three was Banabu Soya beating Kumagoro in 615 with the Wild Bomber. You know, I guess you need to have another veteran go, go over. And I, I like Soya, so can't really complain about him, I guess. But Kumagoro is a he's a he's a really fun wrestler. And... I'm still um, shocked New Japan passed on him after yeah. finding that out. I'm like, that's really weird because he's really good. And he's he, that size too. I mean, it really is kind of weird that they pass on him. Um, the final first round match was Jiro defeating Koji Doi and what I I guess you could call an upset in about six minutes with a small package hold. Um, the first of the first of two shots of him looking surprised that he won, <laughs> which was great. His face, his facials were great here. Um, what did you What did you think of this of or the, of Jiro winning? I guess because he obviously was in the match. So Doi, in his post match comments, I think made the perfect analogy. He said, "When you look at Jiro, you kind of just see a fool, a foolish guy. You don't take him very seriously." And uh, Doi and Jiro have actually been linked for a very long time. Ashino called them to Jiri's kids. They've been together for practically their entire careers. And Doi said, I forgot that there's a genius wrestler there too. And that's why I lost. It's <laughs> great. It's a great think, little like he, like, he didn't take him seriously. Exactly. Um, what do you think of Jiro, Brennan? I think he's great. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's definitely unique, and he's got his own charisma, and, and he's so unpredictable. Like, he's just kind of, he's really gangly, and, and the way he kind of moves around the, the ring is, is unlike a lot of other people I've seen. Um, but when he does hit those high spots, he has, like, perfect execution. I mean, he's he's really smooth. Um, so he's he's kind of a conundrum. I mean, I, I still maintain the Jiro Abushi match is better than anything Abushi. Yeah, I was gonna Abushi say Abushi. if you have not seen the Jiro match, definitely check out that match. Yeah, Jiro Abushi from last year's Yokohama show that was fucking awesome. One of my favorite matches from last year. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, just being in the crowd for a Jiro entrance was an experience because <laughs> the crowd like that. You first of all, you immediately understood why there's so many women at Wrestle One. Like Wrestle One was pro- like as far as proportionally, it was like only behind Dragon Gate probably for having wow. that many women. Like Not it was that, I mean... a ton of women, like a ton, a ton of women. Um, <laughs> but like, so the crowd was heavily female, and then obviously they just <laughs> they screamed their heads off when Jiro comes out and does his whole little dance. So it was something. It was. I mean, he feels he like a star. He is the sixth most popular wrestler in Japan, technically. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> I, I believe it. Um, so, match five was a eight-man tag with Katayashi, Nosawa, Masada, and Tsuma Sumura, Sumuragi defeating Andy Wu, Sheki Yoshioka, 
Masayuki Mitomi and Jun Tonsho. Um, Andy Wu pinned Masada with the Fei Hung. That made it... Um, that basically led to his Cruiserweight title match a few days later in Osaka, which he won. Yes. So he defeated and Masada. And that set up uh, Black Andy. Let's get his name Black right first. Andy. It's Black Andy. Against Yoshioka for the Yokohama show. That was made official today. That should be a good match, I think. Right? I would think. I th- I've seen it a lot, I feel. But yeah. I, it should be good because they don't, they don't have a bad match. What? So do you want to explain, explain to the audience the Black Andy thing? <laughs> um, after Ashino beats Soya, I think this was in May. Uh, Ashino is bound and determined to destroy New Era. First yeah. off, that's the one thing that he, everyone should keep in mind. He fucking hates New Era. Yes. <laughs> you don't know anything else about Shatira Ashino? He fucking hates New Era. So all the New Era guys come out after he beats Soya, and Ashino starts saying all this stuff to them and he says to one of the ring boys bring it out kind of and he goes da da and he brings out a black Andy Wu mask and he goes black Andy and he starts holding it up to Andy Wu like saying you should join me mm-hmm. and just the whole thing is one of the most hilarious things I've ever seen and so I will never call him Andy Wu he is black Andy forever but did he did he put the mask on and actually do it or no? No. Okay. I, I posted the video on my Twitter page. Yeah. I, I recorded like it with he, my okay. phone today. So I got a little bit confused there, I guess. So I thought so he he has not actually. No, he doesn't want anything to jo- do with. Uh, I mean, you would think it might be leading to something, right? I don't. I don't know. I mean, he does have a black mask like that, so maybe. <laughs> um, but it's interesting. Okay, so the. Next match was the Grand Prix semifinal. Kono against Ito. Kono wins in 449 with a jumping rolling cross armbar. Um, these two were tag partners just recently, so that'll make it this interesting. Although, being under five minutes, I don't know how interesting it can be. Well, I actually have maybe a little bit of insight on this. Um, Tachibana, who was Ashino's young boy, so to speak, was in the final of the ace competition to determine who would get this spot in the Grand Prix and it was against Ito and you can watch the highlights of this as well on WrestleOne's YouTube page and Tachibana worked over Ito's arm that entire match and so for Kano winning with the arm breaker on Ito on the arm that he had worked over I think is a really nice touch. It was continuity yeah. Um, Something that WrestleOne really hasn't had a lot of Um, the other semifinal, Kushiro beats Manabu Soya in 741 with a Frankensteiner into like a roll up, and again he had that great like, did I really just do that look on his face at the at the pen? So that was great. Um, I mean, that's another obviously another great thing about Jiro is he has a very expressive face. So when he's trying to when he wants to get across that he's shocked he won, he can do it. He can definitely <laughs> do it. Um, the the next match was. Okay. Shotaro Shino and his young boy, Sego Tachibana, as Jesse just said, against Yusuke Kodama and Ganseki Tanaka. <laughs> you can take this turn away, Jesse, because it's something. Before we even start, I just want to say Tanaka is probably just as good as Ito. If you haven't seen him, check him out, too. He's a phenomenal wrestler as well, in his own right. But he absolutely has nothing to do with his match whatsoever other than getting beat up. Because this sets up Kodama's turn. Uh... He turns, he leaves New Era, they 
uh, Inaba comes out to sort of save Tanaka. They beat up on Inaba. Kodama kicks Inaba in the face after Ashino and Tachibana hold him up. And that's the heel turn for Kodama. And on the Osaka show, Kodama pinned Inaba. So I'm expecting a singles match between the two of them very soon. And it'll be a very good match, I think. Yeah, I, I was hoping they would say it for Yokohama, but they could do it at Korokin too. Whatever. I, th- I think that'd be a, a fun way to start the feud. Um, but yeah, so Yusuke... I just love the little post-match note here. Yusuke Kodama formerly left New Era. Amazed intentions known the size of Ashino. He stated that New Era was a waste of time, and he had no <laughs> idea what he, why he was ever in it in the first place. It's a great quote. And then there's like a little picture of him on Pure Rescue Spirit looking like perfect. Yeah, I posted and... a couple of gifts too. He's just there like flipping oh, off everyone. He's, he's so great. Those gifts are so great of him just like, he's just basically like, fuck the world. It's, it's fantastic. But like he, like, Tanaka, I, I think he had a guy in a lock or something and like, and Kodama just like super kicks him out of it. Yes. It was a great, it was a great turn. And so. uh, Tanaka and Soya are a team. They're really, yeah. like I said, they're pairing these guys off. And Soya and Tanaka actually just had a tag title challenge, but they lost. Yeah, but um, it's, it's a it's a very cool it's a very cool turn. I'm excited to see where where Kodama goes from here because he's already had a great start. I kind of um, I, I kind of think where if you can, well we'll get to that. Let's go to the the main event because then I'll expand on that. Brennan, do you have anything about the to say about the turn? Uh, I, I wasn't aware of it, and I don't. I, I haven't really seen Kodama, so I'm I'm kind of in the dark on this one. Okay. Um, the the main event was the finals in the Wrestle One Grand Prix. Uh, Masuki Kono against Ikman. Jiro got the win in 15:30 with two straight moonsaults. I, th- I thought that was a great touch. He 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 won his first two matches with the roll up pins, but here in the final, he just hits two moonsaults, pins him clean the middle. It was a it was a very strong win for him to, to get the get the trophy. It was a good exclamation point on his victory here. Um, so that with this win, obviously he is now the challenger for Ashino at Yokohama. I don't expect him to win, but um, it's a it's a good match to, to main event your big show with. I mean, what else are you gonna main event it with at this point? But um, sixth most have, popular wrestler in Japan. They have history together too, <laughs> with Ashino breaking his arm and everything. Yeah. Um. I kind of do expect him to win just because he's the most popular guy in the company. Oh, maybe. But I won't be shocked if he doesn't. And I was, as I said, I was going to wait because Inaba and Ashino have been having this thing as well. And I would think if Ikemen doesn't win, you could have Inaba beating Ashino's new boy in Kodama and sort of setting Inaba up as the one to sort of knock Ashino off, and Inaba has been positioned as the leader of New Era, not Jiro. Yeah, which would make so that would make sense. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, that's that's the thing about Wrestle One right now is, you know, everything kind of makes sense. It's very basic, but it's very for what it is. I think it's very good, and I think if you're so like we were saying before, if you haven't given it a chance lately, especially this year, because. You know, admittedly, it was pretty bad before. <laughs> um, you know, I, I definitely think give it another chance, and you know, it's not a hard portion to fit into your schedule, given that it's like mostly two-hour curriculum. Yes, it's, it's Gaora shows, so yeah. they have a very, very limited time slot. They're always yeah. very quick, and they have the, probably one of the best just promotion, not promotion value, I guess production. Production. That's it. Yeah. They have one of the best production values. 
Yeah, yeah. One. I mean, all the Garrow promotions do, but like that that one, Russell one has it, it's a very it's a very slick promotion. I wish they so. get rid of the U two though. <laughs> you said, yeah. um, uh, any final thoughts on Russell one, Brennan? Uh, no, I mean it's 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 not a promotion I follow, but you know since we did that uh, kind of feature on Oshino. It, it's something that I'm checking back, checking back on during the Kurgan shows because those are easy watches. You know, it's once a month, so you know it's not a huge time commitment, and they're easy watches. So yeah, I'll keep an eye on uh, Russell One. I my it was it was funny after last week's episode that we did, one of my friends uh, kind of texted me and was like, "That was the most anyone has ever talked about Russell One." <laughs> but we now have a new we had, we now have a new world record. For talking about Russell One, so there you go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it, I guess. We did get a couple. We got one question actually, so um, let me go ahead and grab it. The it was about Big Japan wrestlers. So it was, it was about, about uh, Sasaki and Shinya Ishikawa. Yeah. Why they left Big Japan. And I and guess I'll did. I guess I'll take it away. Which is what you were teasing before, right? I think. Yes, I said we had a question. Um, okay, so Sasaki had a knee injury, and I I'm not entirely sure. I can find out though. I know who to ask to be 100% sure. So I can if they want to know for 100%, I can find out. But he had torn up his knee, and I don't know if at the time Big Japan had the money to pay for him to have surgery or not. And so he had to retire due to knee injury. It never healed or anything like that. It's honestly very sad because he was incredible. I'm sure they have old matches with him on the Real Zero Archive. You can go and check out. His, career, ju- his career went until about late 2014, by the way. Yeah, so I, I would say go and check him out because it's it's honestly sad. It's very sad. Uh, Shinya Ishikawa, on the other hand... Uh, they said he left the company for family reasons, but I actually found out a little bit more. Um, he was a naughty boy. Mm-hmm. He was married and apparently kind of running around on his wife, mm-hmm. and everybody knew about it. And people were starting to find out, so I kind of think maybe Big Japan fired him, and they yeah, just said for, it was family for, reasons. For Japanese, for people who don't know, like Japanese society is still very like, like you, you really can't get away with doing that. Like they they take adultery pretty seriously, so like look what happened to Taichi when he got caught, and you know, Shibata got saved by Okada. <laughs> Shibata got saved by Okada. It's true, um, but yeah, they don't they don't you know if that, if that stuff gets big enough, they don't like it. So. And I will say this is just what I've been told. I could yeah. be wrong. Allegedly, let's allegedly say. <laughs> this is it. Yeah, because I, I I said some stuff about uh, God. Who the fuck was it? Um, the the small leopard guy from Dragon Gate. Oh well, God! I, can't I know who you're name. talking about. Yes, I, I know exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about too. But I can't. The name is not coming to me. And if Michael Spears hears this, he's gonna kill me. But um, but yeah. So I talked a little bit about his um, alleged backstage issues, which again, I need to say a lot. Allegedly, this is the reason why he hasn't been on shows a lot. Yo Watanabe. There we go. Oh, and I like... Took, he's, like, one of the newer young guys that I like, too. I didn't know this. Yeah, he's, like... Oh, he's, talked, like, a little Etta. That's why I like I, t- I talked about on Open the Voice Gate. Like, he, he likes the girls a little too much, apparently. Oh. Allegedly. I know Etta loves the Mexican women, yeah, so... Yeah, Etta and the Mexican ladies. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't... I, I just think he's, he's, like, pissing them off with... Like, I think he's, like, really aggressive or something. From what I said. <laughs> but, um... But, yeah. 
I, that's two podcasts in a row now where I talked about Hio Watanabe and his love of women, so... Better to a... love than not to love at all, I suppose. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay, so that was our one question. Thank you for sending in a question, listener. Um, or I don't even know if you're a listener because <laughs> you retweeted it, but hopefully you heard us answer your question. Um, so that's it for this week, I think. Um, quickly before we get into goodbyes and plugs and all that, next week for people listening at home, we're going to have a Joshi version of the Crash Course episode we did last week. So all about Joshi, and we're gonna we're gonna have on Alexandra from Wrestling with Words, who did the the awesome beginner's guide on to Joshi on that site, and we're also gonna have my friend Sean on who runs the. Uh, Stardom Project blog and does like match reviews for Stardom, but he he does watch on the Joshi too, so he'll be a good guest to have on. This this will be a topic. This will be the first topic where I feel like I don't actually watch the promotion that the the, the topic that often. Like I watch, I catch bigger Stardom shows and I catch big Sendai Girl shows, but like as far as some of the other promotions we'll be talking about, like Ice Ribbon or uh, Gacho Move or any of these other promotions, like I have I really have no idea. So it'll be up to them to educate me. Just like the listeners will be educated, so that'll be fun. So look out for that next week. If you have any Joshi-related questions you want us to answer, you can always send them um, either at our Twitter, which is at WrestleOmakase, O-M-A-K-A-S-E, or you can email them, WrestlingOmakase at gmail.com. So, for this week's episode, thank you both for coming on. I had a lot of fun. Um, Brennan, do you want to pl- I guess you just want to plug Burning Spirits, right? Yeah, uh, listen to Burning Spirits. We cover, you know, we try to cover Russell One, uh, but primarily Big Japan, All Japan, DDT. Um, so if you're looking for something outside of the New Japan box, uh, yeah, Burning Spirits is a good resource. Um, I listen every week, so I highly recommend it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so uh, Burning Spirits. And Jesse, do you want to plug the Twitter or the Discord or anything? I think most people have been blocked, like I said. I don't know why I would <laughs> want to promote my Twitter account. But, uh, yeah, you can follow me at Koji on Twitter. That's K-0-J and three I's at the end. Uh, yeah. I tweet about just random stuff all the time. If you ever have any questions about anything, I'm, I'm willing to answer them. If I don't follow you back immediately, don't take it personally. I would never check who follows me. It's just something <laughs> I don't do. Um... So yeah. yeah, I know. I fo- I think I followed you for like six months before you finally followed me back. Like, it's, so. it's not, I did, if anyone out there is following me and I haven't followed you back, don't take it personally. I just, yeah. I honestly do not check it. Yeah, it's so, cool. But, I'm not the type of person that, um, if you're the type of person that unfollows people if they don't follow you back right away, you're kind of a loser anyway, in my opinion. But anyway. Yeah, um, so I'm on Twitter and in my pinned tweet, there is a link to a Discord if anyone out there, I've, I kind of pop in and out. But you can go there, and there's a Discord channel. You want to talk about Japanese wrestling? You can talk about Joshi. Uh, I, you can talk about WWE there if you want to. Uh, mm-hmm. Ryzen. There's a, the new Ryzen shows coming up soon. I'm very excited for that. Um, and there's always people in there, and you can ask questions in there as well. And somebody will eventually get get in contact with you. The the um the Discord's cool. I, I feel like that you guys almost talk about like when I pop in there at least. You guys talk more about like classic WWE than than <laughs> d- current WWE. I just it's it's probably not a great place to talk current WWE because I feel like a lot of the people in there don't really watch it. I'm probably but... the only one that watches. It. Yeah, it's probably <laughs> just you because I don't think anyone else does. But yeah, um... I mean, 
pretty much anything it. goes there, just so long as you're not a dick, and yeah. you don't post, like, titty pictures and stuff, <laughs> you're, it's you're a, it's good a very, to go. It's a very cool chat, I will, I will say. I enjoy it when I pop in. So and uh, in the Discord, if you want to know any of the quirk and shows of the month, I, I have a little pinned tweet in there as well, so if you want to check that out. Alright, but that'll be it then for this week's episode of Wrestling Omakase. Thank you both again for coming on. I had a lot of fun. And we'll see you all next week with our Josie episode. Bye! Here it comes again. Lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.